Hello all and welcome back. Uh, this is episode 6 of PWCA, the podcast without a cool acronym where it's all fitness and verb all the time, baby. Uh, I'm Chance Ellison. And I am Robert Parker. And we are on episode 6 of the first season that is Raging Bully. Let's talk about that. Oh boy, kids love their 80s Martin Scorsese references. (laughs) (laughs) Kids, I think when I first saw this episode in 2008, I was like, oh yeah, that classic 1980 Martin Scorsese film. No, I... I, I No, God, no, God, no. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, when when this episode premiere? 2006? Uh, 2008. That's when the show premiered, I believe. So, I think yep. I might have known about Raging Bull, I have no idea what it was. So. Yeah, I mean, I may have heard of it, but I had no clue what it was until this. But honestly, they do get in, uh, <laughs> they, they, they do get into some, uh, have some references, but, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, there's references, there's character introductions <coughs> that are really important, like, oh, for absolutely. vital characters later in the show, so yeah, this is a very important episode. 100%, 100%. so let's just not waste any, let's, let's not waste any time. So, uh, we open at, or well, all these episodes open, uh, their house, Candace is sitting in her chair, flipping through the phone, uh, she has, she has cute pictures of, well, actually she doesn't, the whole, the whole thing with Candace is she's trying to get a cute picture of Jeremy, because all her pictures are just awful they're just garbage aren't they yeah. they are garbage <laughs> you, you could tell see, she's like that friend who just takes pictures just like unsolicitedly yeah yeah she's the one who just like has a, an album in her phone that says like faces of people and it's just really really zoomed in pictures of like everybody's face it's also like she'll take pictures at the most like random just random times yeah, then, like, the people don't know that they're, like, having their t- picture taken. And that's, like, Jeremy in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, what's going on in this one is, uh, so, this is actually the first time we find out, uh, the mom apparently has, uh, a jazz group. A yeah. jazz show that she does with, uh, I think, yeah, no, that she has with, uh, Isabella's mom and who we later find out to be Jeremy's mom. We'll spoil that now yes. because uh, we don't... Spoiler really... alert. Well, spoiler alert. <laughs> they don't really... For uh, a 10-year-old <coughs> episode. And I'll spo- a spoiler alert for a reveal that never really happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, like, you, you find out that's Jeremy's mom because there's, there's an episode later that takes place in his house. You're like, oh... Oh, that's, oh, that's that, that lady, yeah. yeah. That, okay. they, they may have just reused a character design because they didn't want to come up with a new one, but now there's continuity. <laughs> Which they actually do fairly often in the show, but yes. nevertheless. No, that's very accurate. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> so uh, they have a uh, concert at the Googleplex Mall. And, which is like that's the that's the mall of this place. Yeah, that's the um, very constant setting of many antics. In which, the I, show. which I do like the uh, you know it's called the Googleplex Mall because you know you have like the, mul- the multiplex mm-hmm. and Google being a number. I, I I think I think that's a you know. A, I think a that's very one. clever as well. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that happens to be where Jamie works, so they all they all go. Um, so what hap- what happens in this one is they're hanging out at the food court, which is where we get introduced to probably the last major character that's introduced within the first few episodes, uh, Baljeet. I would say the second last, but <coughs> both of them are introduced in this episode. Who's, who's the uh, other one? Buford. No, we, we already seen Buford. Oh, we did see Buford in um, Long Long Beach Friday Terror. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we, we right. did. So this, this, is, this is the first, this is Baljeet. You're absolutely this is right. Baljeet, first introduction. Yep. So, yeah, Baljeet is the, uh, you know, he's the neighborhood Indian nerdy kid 
because we already we already checked off every other stereotype. May as well get that one. Yeah, we just needed another stereotype. Let's be real. We just, we just needed a smart kid. But honestly, like this, <coughs> judging by this first episode, you would never assume Balji to be as interesting or as funny he is in later episodes. Exactly, his <coughs> character is one that evolves the most, in my opinion, out of all of like Phineas and Ferb's main crew. Like when we get to later episodes and later seasons, it's basically like all of them every single episode. Like this first couple episodes, they're really starting to just make the foundation for the show, yeah. and it's usually just Phineas and Ferb. But as their crew grows and grows and grows, Baljeet's <coughs> one of the characters that changes the most, which I really like. No, he 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 really is because like. I, I think the way he was written in this first episode, like that character could only go so far, so I did have to all of them to make him you know, make him more three dimensional, make him more likable. Not mm-hmm. that he's not likable in this one, he's just like he's just there by like there by like several episodes into the show, you get uh he becomes like very likable and very, very funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially during like um the T V show episode and the uh the circus episode. Like there's the, ha- the there's haunted a lot house. Of, yeah, the haunted house. There's a lot of standout <laughs> moments for Baljeet later in the series. Oh for sure. But, th- but it all starts right here. So he's in uh you know, he's he's in the food court, he's studying for like, Why why aren't you studying? It's like it's summer. He is like completely just void <laughs> of this concept of just like you know, summertime where uh, you know, there's no school and a teacher and all you gotta worry about are bullies and then like be for comes just like He's like sit on Baljeet. Yeah, I know. I think he like yeah, he does. He sits on Baljeet, pushes his books aside, drinks his drink, smashes it against his head, and then like throws it and hits some other kid behind Which, him. I, I feel like this is meant to be Buford's introduction, but they just like aired the episodes in the wrong order. Yeah, or they just like they just like me just forgot that he was in Long Known Beach Party of Terror. Yeah, and uh, they, they were really hinging on us forgetting that he showed up. Yeah, which I clearly did. I thought this was his introduction. Uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I think this was intended to be the character introduction for Buford. Which that would have it would have been a really solid introduction. Would have been a better introduction than the London Beach Party. Yes. Yeah, because it's one like he he really gets he really gets a build up. He gets his own like little theme ambiance music. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just like like things are like they're not they're not like intimidated by this guy. They're just like hey Buford, what's up? You're just like. That's uh that that's see like that seat's taken or something, right? Yeah, it's like I think I think it's something like that. I can't remember the exact line, but, but that sounds right. But like Beaver says like this tall table's taken and just like well, what about Baljeet? This table's taken, yeah. So like he points he points his ice cream he's like, What about Baljeet? And like his Oh man, the sad the sad one of the episode, his ice cream drops off his cone mm-hmm. and on the Buford's pants. Yeah, which was of course the most embarrassing thing that could ever happen to somebody. Oh, of course, especially especially in public like that. Yeah. But like, you're a bully. You can't you can't be shown to have like signs of weakness. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> Buford just grabs Baljeet by the shirt and just. No, you got Phineas. You got Phineas. Oh, grabs Phineas. You're right. He absolutely does. He grabs Phineas by the shirt and is just like, "This is gonna hurt" or something like that. And he's about to he's about to beat the crap out of Phineas. Um, and then who shows up? It, it, it's a, no, it's Isabella first. Isabella tries to stop him. Yes. Yeah, Isabella was like, "Hey, was like, hey, put him down," because like she, you know, she she's got a squad of girls that'll probably be that'll probably be at Buford for. Her. Oh yeah, they could. T- the Fireside girls. The Fireside could girls take Buford. Could, the Fireside girls could take anything. In this, Any in this one of the Fireside girls could take Buford. Let, let's be honest, but them as them as a unit, as a person who were recruited by whatever government entity that works in the works, <laughs> they should just be a hit squad. They should the be Fireside honestly, girls. The fire the Fireside girls Black Ops squad. Yeah. But uh, he's like, you're like, put him down. You're like, you're like. And then, like, Buford, like, pulls Baljeet off his back. Yeah. Like, violence can only lead to, to more violence. Buford's like, 
Sounds great. Sounds good to me. And she's like, hold on. And who shows up? But Evander, Evander Holyfield. Holyfield. <laughs> with like Vo- voice by himself. Yeah, with, with no explanation and no reasoning. Just like Evander Holyfield shows up with this. Is He's another... just at the Googleplex Mall that day. Exactly, and this is another like big thing. Cause something I really like about the show. Uh, they really pull in a lot of great guest stars for this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and they're they're very meta about it a lot of times too. Is oh, like a, lo- they, a lot of times, they, yeah. They're very self-aware uh, with the humor when they do have special guests. Yeah, no, exactly. And they even say, like, world-class heavyweight boxer Vander Holyfield. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, yeah. In, in, case, um, in case you didn't know. He's also, he's also, like, I think something that works, like, he's animated differently. Like, there's, yeah. there, there's a little more detail on his, like, his, like fa- his face and his features. They even got, like, the chunk out of his ear. Yeah, the chunk out of his ear, yeah. There's just a little piece missing out of his ear. Um, but yeah, the Evander Holyfield tries to stop the fight, but then eventually uh, he agrees to train Phineas uh, and be Phineas's personal trainer so that he can try to fight Buford. No, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that's pretty much what happened. They're gonna fight at like four o'clock after. I think like four. They're gonna fight at three o'clock. Three because, o'clock. Uh, His mom picking uh, up at Buford's four. Buford's mom picks him up at four. Exactly. Okay, that, that's what I was meant. It's like yep. <clears throat> so. Uh, so she just like uh, Isabella is like, uh, remember, remember the, la- <laughs> the last kid Buford fought? And there's a kid like, is he like wearing a toilet? Like, yeah, I think he's literally got a toilet over his like, like not just like a toilet seat, like a full like a toilet. full toilet. Yeah, like, just like, like you won this time, Buford. Yeah, yep. Like, I don't want um, I don't want that to happen to you. He's like, don't worry, I'm go I'm gonna train him. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna train. Him. Uh, and then we get a song. We get the song "He's a Bully," uh, which is basically like a training montage straight out of Rocky. Uh, uh, there there are even see... several Rocky references in this in the oh, training there, montage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like um, there's, there's part where he's, he's climbing up the, the escalator. There's part where he's like, well, there's one, it cuts to one where like Beaver's beating up like the big raw cow, and like yeah. Phineas is beating up like a sausage link. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's Phineas beating up a sausage link. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's the oh, montage. This is also scene. this is also the first time where like. I think a big criticism that, like, at least people I know who uh, don't like Phineas and Ferb, like, they criticize, like, the art style. But it's the first instance of them, like, re- really, like, being referential about it. Because, like, they even, they even say, like, in the song, it's like, when when your head is the shape of a triangle. Yeah, yeah. They, they, <laughs> as the show progresses, they make fun of uh, the the design choices a lot more. And that's exactly. first and, and this is really this is really the first one I can remember them doing that. Oh, I agree completely. This is the first time I can remember doing doing it as well. Yeah, but even like the the, I actually do like the uh, the he's a bully song. Oh, I do too. It's, I like. I don't love the song itself, but I really like the the song montage. coupled with the montage. Yeah, I like the montage more than I like the song because you see like Buford at the bully gym, like doing wedgies and like dunking kids to like mannequins' heads and toilets and stuff like that. And then oh, you see same time, Phineas playing <laughs> Dance Dance Revolution. <laughs> I was about to say, Dance Dance Revolution, uh, cl- like climbing up the down escalator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, just doing all the mall training. Yeah, um, it, it, it ends with him doing the Rocky pose at the top of the escalator. Yeah, once he finally made it up to the top. Um, but yeah, no, this is a good song, a good montage. It really gets you, gets you in the mood. Yeah, uh, and I, mood think, for I a think fight. like, yeah, and you know, Candace is doing her thing, trying to get pictures of Jeremy. She's, uh, you know, she's failing because like all the pictures, he, look, he looks like a tool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, accurate. And then like, I think it's one of the Fireside Girls. I can't remember which one. Uh, it's the, Millie. Millie, that's it. Uh, uh, short one with glasses. 
No, was it Millie? That's that's yep. okay. I, I didn't I didn't know her name, but they don't they don't name her until like two seasons from now. No, they, they do because I remember Addison. I remember Gretchen. I was thinking I thought it was Gretchen for some reason, but no, you're right. It is Millie. Uh, it's the blonde one. Yeah, it's Millie. No, wait, what? The blonde one is that Millie? Oh no, hold up. I can, Gretchen okay. is the short one with glasses. Um. Yeah. Gr- no. Jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it okay. is Millie. It's uh. I, I thought it was it's um like bushy bushy hair. Yeah, that's that's all I was thinking about. That's Millie, isn't it? Yeah, that's Millie. Okay. Wow, we're we're really I okay, I know Addison is the one with no sleeves. The, yes. Uh, with the brown hair. I know uh Ginger is the one is the you know, the tall the tall one. Tall one, yeah. Can't remember the and then the, Gretchen is the glasses one. Gretchen is glasses. What's the name of the blonde one? Uh um, that's, that's Katie. That's Katie. Katie. Yep. And I think Millie is Millie's the bushy Please hair. Bushy hair. I think Holly is the black one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So now, now that we sorted that out, uh, Millie's handing out. Uh, she's handing out um, flyers. Can't get one. The brawl at the mall. Which, which, by the way, is an objectively great name. Brawl oh. at the mall. That is amazing. It's also and a real. Fact, w- once again, not only are Fireside Girls elite hit uh, like an elite hit squad, they're also great marketers. Oh, they're, they're making they're, all of this merch. They they, like, they break out the the best Don King for all this. Yeah, exactly. They have taught. Like later, we see Candace like going and trying to get merch besides flyers, and they're like action figures, eight by ten glossy photos. Like Candace just keeps listing off all these things that they've sold out of. Yeah, but like I don't know how big. Like a big boxing guy, you are, but like for boxing, for like boxing fan, people like recognize that. Like at the play on uh, the Rumble in the Jungle, where yeah. uh, Muhammad Ali fought, I think it was George Foreman, in the seventies. Which I yeah, I think that that's like this, there's such care placed into like all like their boxing, their boxing stuff. Cause like yeah, you can, it, you can tell that like, they had at least some kind of reference when making some of these jokes. In general, the references of this entire show are just perfectly Oh, written. in general, but, like, in this in this one particular. No, I completely agree, yeah. So, uh, we're gonna cut away for a second, because now we got to go to, um, we got to go to, uh, the phase of the, uh, pl- not phase, the Perry plot of the episode. Yeah, so Perry, uh, Perry enters his lair by putting his foot up against a vending machine, and he goes down a slide, and then he stops halfway down the slide, and then he has to sort of drag himself through the rest of it, and, uh, he gets down, obviously, to his lair, and Major Monogram just goes, oh, sorry about that, uh, our wax guy is on jury duty yeah, today. Yeah, our, sli- our slide waxing guy's out today. <laughs> yeah, he's on jury duty. Um, but yeah, Perry gets his mission, obviously, goes to Doofenshmirtz. I believe Doofenshmirtz is blimp in this episode. No, um, he, he goes to another facility first. He goes, he goes to, like, a warehouse at the beginning. I remember this. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, where he is dropped and trapped in a giant vat of Dunkleberry cake mix. Um, and then Doofenshmirtz, uh, oh, talks sorry. about... This where we get our second backstory of the show. This is my favorite Doofenshmirtz backstory. Really? This is my favorite Doofenshmirtz backstory. Yeah. Well, it's up there. It's it's high. Oh, yeah. up it's, there. it's definitely up there for me. I don't know if it's up there, but it's definitely up there. Doofenshmirtz talks about uh, how his birthday has always been the lousiest day of the year for him because uh, it all goes back to the day of his actual birth when both of his parents failed to show up. Then um, we just get like a flashback scene of a nurse holding a baby Doofenshmirtz, and there's just nobody else in no sight yeah and he just goes you know by the age of five i was forced to throw my own surprise party at gunther goat cheeses and it's like supposed to be chuck e cheeses and there's all yeah, these like the, 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 terrifying animatronics yeah the, the, uh, che- the chuck e cheese of uh, a gimbal stump 
Exactly, the Chuck E. Cheese of Gimbal Shrimp um, so, of Jersey uh, State. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they, then he, uh, he takes his cake from the Chuck E. Cheese's and he goes outside and, like, bats swarm him. Well, even and before that, just he's, he's just like, the, the, dude, the dude in the costume is just like, hey, oh, wow. This, this hey, is boys and girls. Oh, uh, and then, like, all the lights just shut off and he goes, <laughs> hey, kid, lock up when you're done. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets, like, attacked by a swarm of dunkleberry bats. Giant yeah. <laughs> Which just is, again, objectively hilarious. Like, no parents showed up to my actual birth. That's funny. Oh, and that's, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic. But, like, yeah, so his, his whole plan is he is going to throw, like, the biggest, the biggest, like, party for himself in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is why Perry's in a giant cake. Yeah, he, he reveals to Perry that he has created the Slavenator, which is basically just a giant hip, like hypnotic screen right. uh, that when he types something on there, the people who are looking at the screen get hypnotized and basically do whatever the screen says. So, like, uh, he presses, like, the clean-up oh, like, like, party like, mask. Clap, clap your hands. Then yeah, he like, clap, makes Perry and, clap. And he's just like, I got, I got a clean-up button, because you know the word part, 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 any party is a clean-up. Yeah. Uh, again, funny, funny. Doofenshmirtz is really funnily written. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, he makes Perry clean up his plate. Um, and then, yeah, you were right. Uh, the Slavenator is equipped with like a helicopter and its own platform. So he leaves Perry in the cake and then he sort of doof- flies away. Yeah. So, uh, in order to escape, he has to, he has to find a way to get out of this cake. So he reaches in his hat, which I, which I think rivals Mary Poppins' uh, bag that has no bottom. Absolutely does. Yeah, so he pulls he pulls out this like thing of whistles, where it's a bunch of like animal whistles. He pulls out this one that says bat. He blows on, and a whale shows up. Yeah. So I guess he like he, he mislabeled them, and he blows in the bat one, and he just like he just like blows it, and all these bats come in as they, they eat this cake, so they get so they get him out of there. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the bats eat his cake. Perry's able to escape. Uh, and he goes chips after Doofenshmirtz, where we go back to the Googleplex Mall and the parking lot. Where, where they set Phineas up this, like, giant, like, boxing ring. Yeah, there's a giant boxing ring. Phineas and, Fur about to, or Phineas and Buford are about to throw down, and it turns out it's a thumb wrestling contest. Well, also, uh, also before that, the dude who... Uh, the dude plays the announcer is, is they actually got Michael Buffer to do that. You know, people don't know My, Michael Buffer is the "Let's get ready to rumble" kind of, that guy. Mm-hmm. They, they actually got him. They got him in to play the announcer again, which I thought I thought was really cool. So yeah, it turns out it's a th- it's a thumb wrestling contest. <laughs> yeah, like- so they uh they they introduce Buford and Phineas like something out of WWE or UFC or the Schmodown or something like that. Um. And they go to the ring. The announcer is like, "Hey," uh, gives this big speech about how like this shouldn't be like the kids watching this shouldn't like feel like this is too violent or too psychologically damaging. Yeah. And Buford just goes, "Aw." Uh, so they begin to thumb wrestle, and Buford, let's just put it bluntly, Buford is kicking Phineas's ass. He is. Uh, he's just beating the crap out of him. Eventually, Phineas takes his break and goes to like goes to his side of the ring with Evander Holyfield, and he's just throwing out a bunch of cliche, like uh, <laughs> fight fire with fire, go for Chris, the gold, Chris the pig, Chris the I pig. Got, yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing, man. <laughs> it's like uh, you, you ever played a uh, Punch Out on the Nintendo? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it's very like Doc Holiday esque. Like... Oh yeah, for sure it is. <laughs> Smash it, no joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so we see Phineas and Buford 
fight uh, Candace, meanwhile, has 99% memory left in her phone as Jeremy is doing this really cool trick, balancing corn dogs and cups and things like that that are actually glued to He's so got a bunch of she, cops, and he's just like, he's like, I'm gonna take a picture. Yeah, she just checked her phone. like 99. percent She's like, ah, I can't do it. Yeah, so she goes to try to take a picture to try to bust Phineas and Buford. Uh, turns out her thumb was in front of the lens, uh, so she goes to show her mom, and it's literally just her thumb. She gives her classic scream, uh, and then Phineas and Buford go back to their fight. <clears throat> um, and yeah, Buford is winning. And then, uh, Candace, as Candace is grabbing uh, her mom and pr- trying to bring her over to the boxing ring, uh, Doofenshmirtz and Perry go into their fight. Uh, Perry rode the bat swarm with, like, a carrot on a stick, but it's actually a cake on a stick. Well, well the they're, they're also fighting with party supply. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're right with... So, uh, he's, he's got the noisemaker using his, like, nunchucks. Yeah, uh, there, yeah, there's, like, noisemakers, there's party hats. The thing doom. where you blow into it, and it's, like, like, yeah, Perry's just like, uh, yeah, using all manner of party supplies to try like, to beat up Doofenshmirtz. Perry's hanging on the edge, and like, Doofenshmirtz is just like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop ice cream on your head. Yeah, so he tries to uh, dip the ice cream out. Uh, it misses Perry, falls all the way down, and uh, hits Phineas. Yeah, and it just happens to be the same flavor that was dropped on Buford earlier. Yeah, it was like the mint or whatever, or something like yeah. that. Um, so Buford laughs, stops physically assaulting Phineas, and just says, Oh, you got ice cream jumped on you too, now we're even. Um, and then Doofenshmirtz, of course, accidentally hits the cleanup party mess. Uh, or no, 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 what happened? Yeah, Do- sorry, Doof is about to drop uh, ice cream on Perry's head. Perry blows the whale whistle. Uh, a whale comes out of nowhere. Out of hits nowhere. Out of nowhere. There's no water anywhere near. The whale just comes, knocks the ice cream onto Phineas, uh, and then Perry makes Doof hit the cleanup party button, uh, and all of the just like everybody who is at the boxing ring, uh, like has they to clean everything. Party. Up. There's like, I'll I'll get the ice cream. And some random person just goes, I'll get the whale. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they, uh, they everything cleaned up just in time for the mom. Not to see it again. Exactly, as is per usual for this episode. Uh, Perry the platypus makes the bats chase Doofenshmirtz again and fly him off into the sunset like an episode of Pokemon with the classic cursey Perry the platypus. Uh, Candace and her mom arrive, and of course, there's no boxing ring, there's no fight anymore, nothing is happening. Uh, Buford asks Phineas if they want to do the same thing tomorrow. Well, yeah, and Phineas- and like, there, there's like a there's like a good respect there, which I think this is the yeah. first case of like. I can see why this this was made to be the second one because like this essentially ends with them like breaking bread. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely. I mean, they're not friends, but they're no longer enemies. No. Exactly. Uh, and then you get Ferb, who does a Vulcan death pinch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like the line is just like, well, people are just like saying how tomorrow's like, nah, I just keep moving forward, and Ferb's just like, you know, sharks just keep moving forward, or else, or else they sink. And like, was like, you call, you call me, me a shark. shark. Yeah, just like the Vulcan like neck pinch, and just like. Ferb. What? what? He was all he was all up my face. Yeah, and then episode end. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, so, so this is a uh, this is a fun one. This is definitely uh, we see more of Baljeet towards the end there with Buford as well. Um, Baljeet and Buford's relationship is one that evolves uh, oh, more yeah, than that becomes, any. That becomes like I think second phase to or second phase of Ferb maybe uh, Perry and uh, Dubishmer. That might be the best relationship on the show. 
Agreed completely. As far as like, friendship goes, completely of the side character relationships, no, absolutely not even close. Well, yeah, like like Phineas and Ferb is like, hands down the best. Of course, and yeah. it's it's it's, it's definitely like as, as the show goes on. It's definitely between uh, Baljeet and Buford and uh, Doof and Perry. Yeah, I'm a big Doof and Perry fan, but I I understand that there is an argument to be made for the other as well. Not exactly, but yeah, this is this this is a big episode because like we this is the first time we get to see Baljeet. This is the first time uh, we get like Buford gets a big like role in in an episode. Yeah, not just like a small little like two seconds of the surfing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. It's this, the song, the montage are also really fun. This episode's the first one to have a heavily pronounced, uh, uh, such a heavily pronounced, and also the first celebrity cameo to happen on the show. Mm-hmm. First of many. Yeah, first of very many. Like some, some of some of them, like even down the line, I'm like wow, how'd they get that mm-hmm. person? Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, Robert, you're rating one to five Perry's. Yeah, so one of five pairs. Uh, this is a four parry for me, uh, mainly because of the character introduction of Baljeet. We see uh, the training montage is just so much fun. Uh, I love the Doof stuff this episode. Uh, just the fact that his birthday sucks for him every year. The, the Doof stuff is one of my probably my favorite Doof stuff uh, up till this point in the entire show. Um, so a four out of five pairs for me. I really like this episode. Yeah, it's four out of five pairs for me as well. I yeah, it's the. Uh... Baljeet's introduction is done really nicely. I, as a boxing fan, I like all like the you know, the boxing references that they fit in this episode. Uh, the, yeah, the, the do stuff hilarious as as it always is, especially now that we get another backstory to look back on. Uh, they even like <laughs> they they do a really good job at the Douche Birth Mythos. This is like step two of the building process, which I really mm-hmm. I really like. Which the, it all comes to a head in, in a much much later episode, which we will get to eventually. But. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, four pairs for me also. Yeah, absolutely. This is a this is a good one. It's, yeah, this is definitely a good one. So, uh, Robert, uh, you want to give your plugs? Yeah, definitely. You can find me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at R-B-R-T-P-R-K-R-9-8. That's my first and last name, no vowels plus a year. You can find me doing admin and hosting duties on Take 3 Productions. You can find me doing admin, hosting, and question writing duties at Full Metal Trivia, specifically Full Metal Geek. And you can find me on my other podcast with Zach Ford called Fireside Chit Chat. We talk about movies, music, and other pop culture nonsense. Yeah, and you can check me out at Twitter and Instagram at ChanceWars underscore 91. Check out my other shows, uh, my other podcasts, uh, Notorious by Chance and Series Study. Check out the Schmodam where I compete fairly often. And uh, yeah, to, uh, subscribe to our feed. We're cranking out all the episodes one by one. Uh, and join us next, well, one by one, I should say two by two for uh, you know, two episodes mm-hmm. a week. Uh, join us next week where we, where we come back with uh, the episode Candace Loses Her Head. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, Can't wait. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.